And if you have your Bibles, please let's open them to Revelation chapter 4, the book of Revelation, last verse or book in the Bible, and then we're going to begin reading in uh, verse 4, Revelation 4, verse 4, and we'll read through verse 8. We will read these verses uh, responsibly. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 4. Shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had the face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is to come. And if you look back at verse 4, it says, And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting. And so this morning we want to look at the four and twenty elders, uh, the significance of who they are, when does this take place chronologically in uh, prophecy? And this is very, very important that we know the doctrine. So this is further proof of uh, a pre-tribulation rapture. Uh, and that's why, well, not the only reason, but uh, I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. And uh, you need to know what you believe about this. Uh, don't believe it because I say it. You need to study and uh, reach your own conclusion. But uh, I've studied this for uh, 40 years, and uh, this is the sound doctrine. All right, let's pray. Our Father, we pray that you'd bless the uh, message. Help us to listen. I pray that we'd understand we're in the last of the last days. The rapture is imminent. Convict us. Charge us challenges to do thy will for the night cometh when no man can work we yield your spirit we pray that he would direct us as to what to say how to say it that you would give us power and boldness to preach the word give us a heart to receive it may the church or the hear what the spirit saith and we pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding, enlightenment, and the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And you may be seated. I'd ask that you listen very carefully. At the beginning, I'm going to give you some doctrine, give you the foundation uh, so that you can understand. Um, the four and twenty elders are very significant. 
as I'd mentioned, who are these four and 20 elders? That's very important. We need to know. And then what is the chronology of the time frame of these elders in the throne room of heaven? So with the doctrine of the rapture, the snatching away, the church will be caught out of this world. When the last soul is saved and the body of Christ is complete, the church age is over. We're going up to meet the Lord in the air. The Antichrist will be revealed. The tribulation will begin. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth when that takes place. Woe unto those people who will be left behind. So when we study the Word of God as Bible believers, we must understand dispensationalism, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. So dispensations were time periods in which God, by His sovereignty and providence and will, made covenants with His people, and He dealt with them over a period of time during that covenant and dispensation. And so when the law was over, the law came by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. There was a transitional apostolic dispensation Signs were given to Israel to prove that he was their Messiah. And then the church age began. This is the time in which we live. So if you do not believe that God Almighty is powerful enough to preserve his word, then you're going to have a lot of trouble because you can't rightly divide the word of truth because you don't have the Word of God to compare Scripture with Scripture. And so a lot of these people who go back to, they don't even have the originals, but they use some other Bible or manuscript, all these different uh, ways that they try to study the Bible. They come up with all these different viewpoints. And I've heard a lot of famous scholars, they give these different possibilities or theories as they call it but and a lot of them will say i haven't made my mind up yet i mean these are doctrinal theologians who teach in seminaries i mean cemeteries who don't know god's word so let me give you the different viewpoints first of all is a post tribulation rapture what that means is the doctrine of reconstruction or kingdom theology. The church is going to get better and better. The world is going to get better and better. The church is going to usher in the kingdom of heaven. And the world is just going to get better and better and perfect. And then Jesus is coming uh, to establish the kingdom. All right? Nothing could be farther from the truth. The Bible says... Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. It's going to get more and more evil by the day. We know that's not right. The second viewpoint is a mid-tribulation rapture, that the church is going to go through the first three and a half years, 
and suffer and then be caught out at the midpoint. The third is a partial rapture. And some of you better be hoping this one's not right, that if you're not right with God, you'll get left behind. Only the Christians who are spirit-filled and right with God, when the rapture takes place, will be caught up. And then the worldly flesh-pot Christians will be left behind to suffer in the kingdom of the Antichrist. The next viewpoint is a pre-wrath rapture. Uh, uh, so this viewpoint teaches the church will go through the tribulation and just before the vials of wrath are poured out at the very end on the kingdom of the beast, the church will be raptured. Now, the next one is the right one, which is a pre-tribulation rapture that the church will be caught up before the tribulation begins. Now, all these other people who have all these different viewpoints, they, they do not rightly divide the word of truth, and they are applying the rapture of Israel to the Gentile church, and they are applying doctrine to the second coming of Christ, to the church in the rapture of the church. They did not rightly divided. So this is all a problem with the Word of God, and the problem is not with the Word of God. It's a problem with the God of the Word of God, and I declare again, if God is God, and He is, then He's omnipotent, all-powerful, and God has preserved His Word. That means you, in the King James Bible, you have a copy of the literal, inspired, inerrant Word of God that you can trust, rely upon, study, and rightly divide it. And you can reach a dogmatic, sound, doctrinal conclusion. If you mess with the King James Bible, God's going to mess with your head. I'm warning you. All these scholars using all these perverted versions of the Bible, they don't even know what's, what's going to happen. They're confused, as, a, as the old preachers used to say, as a termite and a yo-yo, whatever that means. They're confused. So, will the church go through the tribulation? I want to know. You know, I, did you know that up until the 1950s, even the Baptists believed that the church was going through the tribulation because the, the doctrine had been hidden from them and they did not understand dispensationalism to rightly divide the word of truth. So I want to know. I studied this. I've studied it for decades. What does the Bible say? Jesus said, He that doeth the will of my Father shall know of the doctrine. If you do the will of my Father, he said, I will show you and you will know the doctrine. And what is the will of his Father? Believe on him whom he hath sent. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I don't want you to turn to it, but you really need to study and read Daniel's 70th weeks 
Um, and I think it's in chapter 9, is it? Yeah. You, you need to know this. There were 69 weeks until the re revealing of the Messiah. There was a pause before the 70th week began. This is the church age, a parenthetical time frame in prophecy. When the church age is over, the time clock starts ticking and the 70th weeks begin and the Antichrist will show up on the scene it's right there proven the 70 weeks of Daniel pertain not to the church, um, but to Israel. The church is that parenthetical time frame between the 69th and the 70 weeks. Now, we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. There's going to be a shout. There's going to be, we're going to hear the voice. The last trump, we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We shall be made like him when we see him as he is. We maybe will be made like him. But there's many passages that pertain to this. 1 Thessalonians 4, 2 Thessalonians 2 about the Antichrist, 1 Corinthians 15 and the resurrection, um, all these great passages but sometimes Revelation 4 is overlooked. So I want us to look and envision the setting. This is the throne room of God. God is on his throne. There's an emerald rainbow around the throne of God. There is a river of life gushing from the throne of God. Out of that throne proceed lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Before the throne, there are seven lamps of fire burning, which are the seven spirits of God. There are the four creatures, guardians, if you will, of the holiness of Almighty God, crying out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Each of these depicting one of the works of Jesus Christ as it relates to the Gospels. And there in the throne room, there are 24 seats. And these are thrones. And on these thrones or, or seats, there are 24 elders sitting. Who are these elders? It's absolutely crucial and significant that we know who they are. So we know, first of all, they have a crown on their head. They're kings. They're ruling. They've been rewarded. They've been faithful to God. Secondly, we know that they're dressed in white raiment. Now, we know according to Revelation 19 that the white linen is the righteousnesses, the works of the saints of God. And so Jesus did say that his reward is with him and that we will have crowns that we will be given um, as a part of the reward. And so visualize the setting. There's a sea of glass, like a molten looking glass before the throne of God. Who are these 24 elders? We need to know the doctrine. You cannot speculate. You cannot imagine. You cannot have many theories what does the Bible say? There is no private interpretation. 
there is either sound doctrine or you're wrong. You cannot have a pre, a mid, a partial, a post, uh, a pre-wrath. Who's right? And you better find out. And, and so heaven is not just a destination. Heaven is supposed to be a motivation. We know it's coming. We know we have short time. We need to get right with God, stay right with God. The night cometh when no man can work. So who are these? First of all, let's look at who they're not. First of all, number one, they're not a combination of the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles. You cannot take numbers and Bible numerology and mix them together and say, well, this is Israel and the apostles. Um, for many reasons, it's not Israel and the apostles combined. That's not it. Secondly, it's not the tribulation saints. Because if you read in chapter 7 of Revelation, verses 13 and 14, these elders are asking, well, who are these? And they say, these are they that came out of great tribulation. So the elders are asking about the tribulation saints. The Bible tells us there's no way these can be the tribulation saints, as some people say. Next, they're not angels. Some of them, well, these are angels. No, it says in Revelation 7, 11, that angels are standing as these elders are sitting. So these are two different types of beings. So it's not the angels, not the tribulation saints, and it's not a combination of uh, Israel, the 12 tribes, and the 12 apostles. There's only one other place in the Bible that we have the number 24, and it's in 1 Chronicles 24, verses 1 through 19, when the David uh, established and divided the Levitical priesthood. So this was a complete group of priests. And so we know that this number 24 relates to the priesthood. And not the Levitical priesthood, because we know that is over. Um, and so who are these elders? First of all, it relates to priests. Secondly, relates to kings. They have a crown on their head. Now, there's only three types that are named kings and priests in the Bible. First of all, Melchizedek. Melchizedek, I believe he was a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, an angel of the Lord that Abraham paid tithes unto him after the battle of the kings of the slime pits and all those amazing things took, took place. But in Genesis 14, Psalm 110, Hebrews 5, 6, and 7, Melchizedek is called a king and a priest. Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords, the king of kings, all throughout the word of God and all the prophecies, he is a prophet and a priest and a king. He is the great prophet. There is a prophecy that says, if Israel will not hear this prophet, they will be destroyed. He is our high priest who offered himself, his own blood, as our sacrifice, as a propitiation for sin. So also, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. 
There's only one other group in the eternal word of God that are kings and priests, the church. Revelation 1.6, he has made us kings and priests unto himself. These four and twenty elders is us. Us. You're going to be sitting on a seat wearing white raiment with a crown on your head in the throne room of Almighty God, and it hath not entered into the heart of the man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard. It is so wonderful. It is so majestic. We can't even comprehend the greatness of heaven. All these people, you know, will I have hobbies in heaven? I heard this question asked later. Am I going to have the same career as in heaven as I had on earth? Uh, are we going yeah, to have pets? Do we get pets? Uh, ridiculous worldly questions trying to compare heaven, the glory of God, to earth. His servants shall serve him day and night in the temple. Of the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. I wish we could wake up. This is going to go on for eternity. There is going to be worlds after this world. You will be in one place, heaven or hell, for eternity, and you choose now where you're going before you die. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? Will you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you reject the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, just before this, I want us to read this. Look at Revelation chapter 4, and let's look at the chronology. Verse 1, After this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet, the last trump, talking with me, which said, Come up hither. You know that trumpet's going to talk and you're going to hear a voice come up hither when the trumpet is blown. And I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now, John is on the Isle of Patmos. God gives him the revelation. Uh, this is a fearful warning. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. When did he get this? On the Lord's day, Sunday, resurrection day, first day of the week. Can't be real dogmatic, but it's pretty sure. The rapture is going to be on the Lord's day. He's not coming as a thief in the night. We're not children of the darkness. We, we are to watch. I know those, some of those pertain to Israel during the tribulation. We're waiting for that trump. Come up hither. Now, the trump is the rapture. He gets called up. He's immediately in the throne room. What happens chronologically after the rapture? These four and twenty elders are sitting on seats. 
in the throne room of God. Angels are standing around the seats. The seven spirits of God are seven lamps of fire burning. The river of life is gushing out of the throne of God. Lightning bolts is, are shooting amazing power if you've ever been around lightning. It's a fearful, awesome, awesome thing. The tree of life is on either side producing 12 manner fruits for the leaves of the healing of the nations. One pure street of transparent gold. The city, New Jerusalem, is encompassed by a wall with 12 gates for the tribes of Israel uh, of one solid pearl. Dogs are without. Nothing evil will enter in to defile it. Let's look at the chronology. He's in the spirit on the Lord's day. He hears a trump. Come up hither. The church is taken. The next verse says, the church, the four and twenty elders, are sitting on seats in the throne room of God, already rewarded, got their crowns on their head, dressed in pure, fine, clean, white linen. And then in chapter 5, we have the beginning of the retaking of what is rightfully His, the earth and the whole creation, that Jesus Christ is going to take back what rightfully belongs to Him. That the rebellion and the angelic wickedness and all the gods that turned on the one true God. And there's this seal, this roll, has six seals on it. And they all begin to think, this has to be open. But who is worthy? And even John said, I wept much. He, he, he wept much. Who is worthy? And then, praise the Lord, the Lamb stands forward and the Lamb, He alone is found worthy to open the seals of this book. Now, when this book is beginning to be opened, this is the beginning of the tribulation. This is the judgment of God in which He is going to pour out, for in the last three and a half years, His wrath on the Christ-rejecting world who followed in worship the Antichrist and the dragon. What is the first seal that is open? So let's look at this. Turn to chapter 6 of the Revelation, verse 1. Look at the chronology. You can't deny it. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, and one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him, and he went forth, conquering and to conquer. Now, a lot of misguided scholars say this is Jesus Christ. There's no way this can be Jesus Christ. This is the Antichrist, the imitation of Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ has a sharp two-edged sword going out of his mouth and his vesture is dipped in blood and the armies which follow him, which is the church coming back to fight the Armageddon, battle of Armageddon and set up the kingdom of heaven on earth. 
are following him. And this says he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, if you know how to study your Bible, it's very plain. This is in the book of Daniel that says the Antichrist in chapter 7. He will conquer and going forth to conquer. This is conquering is totally different than the second coming of Christ. I don't have time to go into all the details of that. So Jesus Christ, if you think of it this way, if, if you own a vehicle, let's say it's paid off, you know, that day, that glorious day, you make your last payment, they send you the title, it's mine. Uh, not really, you still have to pay insurance. But uh, I have the title. If you, if you own your home or your property and there's no lien, there's no mortgage, you own it. This scroll is basically the God-given title to all creation. And the angels rebelled and stole it from God and turned on it. And wicked men sinned and turned on the Almighty. Jesus Christ is going to take back what belongs to him. That's why he said, after the suffering of the cross, fulfillment of all the messianic prophecies, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all the commandments which I have given unto you. All power is given back to the Son. The fullness of the Gentiles will come, the, the uh, Amalekites, the Amorites, the wickedness. He's going to take it back. I mentioned this recently, but when Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, who showed up? The lawyer and the priest, Moses and Elijah, he was transfigured before them in the brightness of his glory. And Peter said, when he saw it with Peter, James, and John, he later wrote, he said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. That book, which is right there, the old King James Bible, is more sure than the vision which he saw. And he was transfigured before them to prove and we read it this morning in Ephesians 1. He spoiled all the principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and the spiritual wickedness in high places. This Antichrist wants to be Christ. Anyone who takes his mark and follows his number will worship the dragon. And God will send them strong delusion that they'll believe the lie that he is Jesus Christ. But that doesn't even apply to us. Why? We're not going to be here during the tribulation. Praise the Lord. He's in the spirit on the Lord's day. Here's a trumpet. Come up hither. He goes up. The church is already rewarded, already sitting as kings and priests in the throne room of God, and the next thing that happened is the first seals open and the Antichrist is revealed.
Now, let's read this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if you would. If you'd please turn to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look at verse 13. 1 excuse me, Thessalonians 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. This is all about the church. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's that rapture together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, we could go through what I call a pre-tribulation tribulation. A lot of times we hear all this doom and gloom. I'm not sure. When you look at the letters of the churches in Revelation, uh, and in chapter 3, the letter to Laodicea, the time of the very end in which we live, the church is what? Fat and happy. They think they're rich, but they're poor. He said, I counsel thee to buy of me salve so your eyes can be opened. You're in the last of the last days. He said, you're poor, you're blind, you're wretched. Wake up! You know the rapture could happen right now? As we are here, and some of us are not right with God, we're not ready, we don't fear God, we're planning for whatever, and I know we have to plan for the future. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What does the Bible say? Now, I know that Hebrews 10, it applies doctrinally to the church during the tribulation in Israel. But what does it say? As you see the day approaching, and so much the more, as we see the day approaching, it tells us to do certain things. So many of us are caught up and we, we, we get deceived thinking, I've got plenty of time. We don't know. This could be it. This could be it. We don't know. You know, have you ever noticed how if you're going to go to church, you need to make plans on Saturday. I know this is deep. But uh, if you're going to be faithful to God's house, you've got to plan your whole weekend around it. So you've got to plan your whole life around it. But... According to the Bible, the day begins at 6 p.m. So, and it ends at 6 p.m. Not like we think of at 12, 
midnight. So really, Sunday begins at Saturday at 6. You know how many people get deceived by Satan? They get sidetracked. They, they eat too much. They sleep too late. They stay up. They forget. You know who's doing that to you? The devil. It's not the American lifestyle. It's not your freedom to do whatever you want. He knows the Bible better than we do. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a voice and a shout and a trumpet come up hither. High probability. You know, we need to be faithful. I conclude with this. Don't take the pre-tribulation rapture as a justification so you can live a carefree, sinful, worldly life. Well, since I'm not going through it, I'm going to get saved. I won't, I won't get persecuted. I won't have to suffer. I won't, I won't have any of these things to happen. Uh, you know, it says if they don't take the mark of the beast, they're going to cut their head off. They're going to eat them and cannibalize them. And Micah says they're going to make soup out of their bodies. And all these things are already starting to happen. Uh, well, it's not started. It's been from the be beginning. If you know what's happening out there, don't take this as a reason to justify procrastination. Well, I've got time. And even if I don't, those crowns, on their head. You keep reading it. They're going to take those crowns and cast them at the feet of God as a glory that we will give to Him that we were made by Him, sustained by Him, saved by Him. His grace is sufficient. He deserves all of the glory and that's why it says, you go to Revelation 19 at the second coming of Christ. On his head were many crowns. All the crowns of the four and twenty elders which cast them and gave him all the glory. And you say, well, I just don't believe that. Well, this is America. You have the right to be wrong. You have freedom of decision. If you don't believe it, we'll see who's right. It's coming. And the clock is ticking. And some of us are goofing off. Some of us are playing games. Some of us need a new schedule for our life. Some of us need a, a miracle for God to change things in our life. Some of us need to hit the altar and say, I surrender all. Not some, not part. It could happen right now. Study to show thyself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Go read about the 70 weeks of Daniel. Look at the chronology of Revelation. The four and twenty elders... What an amazing honor and privilege that God has bestowed upon us 
And what does it, Peter say? We're a royal priesthood. Or we're a, a peculiar people. He hath made us, Revelation 1.6, kings and priests unto himself. The angels are desiring to look into what God's doing in our life. They're standing around while we'll be sitting on these seats. Absolute. Can't even. Can't even uh, discern it. All right. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. We know from God's Word who the four and twenty elders are. We know from God's Word the chronology of the rapture and the, and the Antichrist being revealed and the second coming of Christ. We know that the rapture is imminent. I'm asking you this morning, are you ready? Between you and God in your own way, what if it were today? Could we say from our heart and pray, even so come, Lord Jesus, I'm ready. I ask you first of all, do you know you're saved? Do you know 100% without a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die right now, you would go to heaven and you'd be one of those four and 20 elders washed in the blood of the Lamb. Do you know you're going to heaven without a shadow of a doubt? If you could testify, would you slip your hand up? Please? Don't be honest. Amen. Thank you for